With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Jake Dill Podcast tonight. Again, with Thad McCracken at disinfo.com. Make sure to go to disinfo.com and click on everything. Buy stuff. Buy things. Click on stuff. Consume. Be a cognitive machine and consume, you sheep. Tonight, we talk about the psychedelic experience in precognitive visions. Let's call it that. Jake, how you doing, man? I'm doing well, Thad. How about yourself? You know, ready to talk some shit, apparently. <laughs> talk and shit? Are you on the toilet right now? I was going to talk some shit, but, you know, and talking shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I talk uh, and shit a lot. Well, actually, I, I post and shit a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like, I fucking my job, yeah. I mean, what's so funny is I sometimes find myself, like, taking shit and not even really realizing that, like, it's like, I didn't really have to shit. Like, it was like a psychological thing. Like, I just wanted to get up from my desk and, like, look at my phone for a while. Have you <laughs> and, heard like, that yeah. app where it, it calculates, like, how much time or how much you've made, uh, money you've made while taking a shit at work? <laughs> No, no. But, you know, I will say there's a lot of bad things that can be said about social media, but you have to admit that it has revolutionized the way that we take shit. Like, oh, for sure. Work. I mean, how many times have you gotten bummed out where you go to take a shit and you realize, oh, I don't have my phone on me. This is weak. <laughs> yeah. You're stuck reading shampoo bottles. That's fucking ridiculous. It, it is weird, too. And, and oh, it's funny because, yeah, like what my... my uh, my my New Year's resolution was to like catch up my uh, social media messaging and like have I done that at all? No. <laughs> but you know what's weird though is because I actually vowed a while ago because you know again the precursor to this story is that I work a fucking day job where I'm staring at the internet constantly like all day every day right <laughs> so um so I made a point a while ago of uh, just like you know I try not to really look at social media on the weekends because it's just, like I spend so much time and not even really I, I don't look at the internet much of the weekend period because uh. like, you know I just want to detach myself from that shit and like if, if I didn't have a job where I was looking at it constantly I wouldn't care but like since I do it's like I need to get away I need to get away from the thing that I'm trying to escape my job from you know it's like I need to escape from that uh, yeah and, and same way a little bit. And, and, you know, but I used to, like, still do it sometimes, you know. It's like, I'd, you know, I'd be waiting in line in a storm. Like, I'll look at social media, whatever. But nowadays, yeah, with the way politics the way they are, it has literally gone to, like, no, it's, like, strictly enforced now. Like, I'll be, like, waiting in line and be, like, thinking, like, oh, man, I can look at my phone. It's like, no, I do not want to fucking see, <laughs> like, what's going on in politics. Like, I, it's, like, gotten to the point where I generally, like, no, I'm strictly enforcing this, like, not looking at social media because it's just, like, I do want to go a couple days without seeing some kind of dumb political fucking bullshit, you know. It, it, yeah. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting better about swatting that kind of shit away. Like I, like, I have like a guy who shows up in my in my feed a lot. Where I, th- I'm pretty sure the algorithm of Facebook is, let's get them pissed off. Let me show you something that's going to piss you off. <laughs> yeah. And so I'm very good about being like, just saying to myself, like you fucking idiot, and I just keep scrolling. I'm like, I don't have even time to waste on your ass. Well, you know what's funny with me is it's not even like even when it's people that you know 
are taking a political position that I agree with. It's still just like I, I don't even want to, I don't want to think about it. You know? Oh like, yeah, that too. And even if you comment, there might be some other guy who comments back, and then you have like a whole like book report due because you have to like debunk his argument. Like fuck <laughs> off, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's only so much of that I can I can engage in because you know I got with me. It's just like. There's always somebody telling me I suck on the internet. Like, I, I you know, <laughs> it's just, just been a constant in my life. That's what happens when you're an internet writer. Yeah. Uh, you know, the joys of being an internet writer, you know. Oh, yeah. There, there are many. Very, very little pay, and people constantly telling you you suck. You that's suck. It. Oh, yeah. That sounds great, man. That's uh, yeah. That sounds great. No vacation time <laughs> off, and uh, you're a piece of shit. Yeah, yep, yep, basically, all, all day, every day. But hey, like I said, it, it pays very, very little, so there's that. That's good. <laughs> yeah, there's, Thank God there's yeah, a dollar menu pay. at most shit restaurants. Yeah, exactly. It's, you know, it, it's, it's all about the glory. Anyway. <laughs> all uh, about the glory. <laughs> you know what, Fad? Next time I'm in Seattle, I'm going to buy you a trophy. Uh, no, you don't want World's to World's most um, underappreciated internet writer. Yeah, yeah. It is weird, though, being a writer because, yeah, I mean, it's like I talk to people constantly on the Internet, and that is the weird thing about it. How many people, and you know what? I've now uh, met up with you. I've met up with this. Uh, I've met up with a couple people, you know, so it's like— You're cheating on talk- me? Well, no, it's just, it's just weird that uh, I do actually, you know, meet some of these people that read my writing. It's kind of that, kind of cool. And, I, and I talk, you know, I, I've been talking to people that I don't know for fucking years, and so that's, that has been the weirdest aspect of my writing and about social media in general is that I've had so many conversations with like all kinds of people that have read my writing and yet this doesn't affect my life like really in any way like you know other than sometimes i like actually hang out with some of the people that i've met on, online but like yeah it's just so it's been this very bizarre thing and it's been going on for like five years now and that you know like a lot of people read my writing and run writing online but like being a writer you're not like playing shows and like seeing these people or anything you know it's oh just, yeah 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 it, it's very weird <laughs> i can't i can definitely say it's odd like knowing that a lot of people and, and and having tons of conversations online with with people constantly and that that you're right you're still not actually like seeing these people face to face like you're one of i don't know five or six people <laughs> that i've actually met that are actually you know that i've met like from my writing well so hashtag blessed i feel yeah, hashtag yeah. blessed yeah you know what? I, I i um I talked to God, I actually hung out with this one other guy that I hung out last week who's the head of like the or he started up the Seattle Psychedelic Society, um, which key I gotta have to go to one of their later meetings. I went to one of the early meetings where there was like five people there and I, I talked a little bit out of but anyways, man, this guy is fucking interesting. <laughs> I'll have to uh, if we could uh, get guests on the show. I so I hung out with this guy and it's just like the weirdest conversation. So this guy is a he was doing ayahuasca shamanism and he found he moved to Seattle and he found some ayahuasca shamanism and then he started um uh, he, he kind of started his own mushroom practice. He was doing mushrooms, and then he found this way to kind of like what he calls phonomancy, where he's like communing with the music. And now he's planning these like phonomanic rites, uh, where he's he, he like basically turned himself into like the psychedelic shaman preacher, and he's doing mushrooms like, like a couple times a month and doing these rituals. And guy, I mean, this guy. I mean, like I said, uh, I just listen to this guy. It's, it's it's weird that you go out and have conversations. Yeah, that here, sounds so. very interesting. I would bet that guy wears a lot of brightly colored shirts. Uh, no, I don't think so. Really? Yeah. There goes that stereotype. Weirdly enough, yeah, he's not really your prototypical uh, hippie type at all. He's uh, kind of a, he's actually a, kind of like a fitness guy. He's like super fucking ripped. Yeah, I mean, he's like a personal trainer. Uh. Well, you know what? I don't hate him. Yeah, well, anyways, so anyways, yeah, um, yeah, super, super fucking weird. Yeah, I mean, like talking to, like, well, my thing is, it's like, I just sit there and I'm like, holy shit, like, I can't believe 
doing that many hallucinogens. Like, my mind is kind of blown by this. Because, <laughs> like, literally, he's, like, he's, now, he's doing, like, two more rights in the next month, and I think that'll be, like, a fourth or fifth one he's done in two months. Two more like, rights. Yeah, he's, he's literally planning, like, these, these crazy rituals and, and inviting people and trying to, like, tap into the power of the music and uh, do these rituals that are be, be, be beneficial to humanity. Yeah, no, it's pretty fucked up. And, and weirdly enough, uh-huh. it's the same sort of, uh, like, sound rituals that I've been involved with uh, forever. And he was also involved with these kind of ayahuasca shamans, and he moved on from them. And when he started doing – yeah, this is, like, this is the craziest story that, that is one of the craziest stories, or the, the story that resonated with me – is that um, he uh, started doing this kind of auditory-based mushroom sorcery, and then he started hanging out with these um, uh, these ayahuasca shamans that he was working with, and they like picked up on it immediately with, without him really telling anybody, and they essentially saw this dark energy that was uh, kind of like percolating around his person, and were like, yeah, you know, you can't, you're gonna have to make a choice. Like, you're gonna have to either stop doing this new kind of uh, sound sorcery that you're uh, doing or you're going to have to, or, you know, you got to, or you can hang out with us or, or, you know, it's like, so without him really even telling this, they picked up on his energy and, you know, he eventually apparently decided to basically go do his own thing and, and pursue his own branch of shamanism. What I found particularly interesting about him telling me that is like, that's what I've been saying all fucking long. Like, again, I've been involved with uh, psilocybin based, you know, kind of uh, sound sorcery for years. Uh, and, um, and yeah, no, I mean, there's been no denying that there's this weird dark energy that's involved with it uh, that you're manipulating, uh, kind of like the energy that courses through um, uh, Western society, and it's been shown to me multiple times, so it's pretty interesting. And I even thought that about when I was talking to him back in his ayahuasca shamanism phase, uh, was I was sort of like, wow, that's such a different, like, practice than what I do, <laughs> like – Psilocybin, auditory psilocybin kind of uh, shamanism is, is a lot different than even basic kind of ayahuasca shamanism. And I was thinking that the whole last time. And the fact that he told me this story about them basically picking up on that and uh, and the fact that he was weirdly enough drawn, drawn to auditory uh, shamanism uh, again. Uh, the whole thing's very weird. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's rare. Uh, I was going to say uh, grab a guest for a show. I'd have him on because like, I, I sat there and he told me these utterly crazy stories about like contacting uh, uh-huh. the St. Michael through this uh, multi-dimensional pillar. And, yeah, it's what do you think about this? I found this just recently. I found this the other day. The law of one. There's no polarity, no right or wrong, no disharmony, but only identity. All is one, and that one is love and light. Is that the channel tip from, like, Raw or whatever? I don't fucking know. I found it, uh, for some reason I got hit. It's a, uh, it's an Instagram fucking account I follow, and I just, I just found it, like, maybe two days ago. And it's like, I, uh, I thought that the way, like, their bio, whatever it is, I, I'm sure they didn't make it up, but I thought that was very interesting. Let me see. Yeah, the raw material. Okay, yeah, I've read this stuff before. Um, I, I don't know. Okay, so, uh, there, here's some, uh. I just pulled it up. So something was channeled between 1981 and 1984 uh, by LL Research, so like three different people, and so they channeled all these texts. A lot of people have actually brought, brought this up to me. And my take on this as someone who's actually channeled things, which uh, – so I've channeled books myself, so I have a tendency to take this uh, a little more seriously. Uh, I found it fascinating. Uh, I don't know what to think of it. I think a lot of it kind of talks in very kind of nonspecific uh, spiritual terms. Yeah. Um, and who knows? I mean, I 
I have never done enough research into it to know if these guys are people are total frauds or not, or you know, because it is possible. And like, this isn't this isn't something that would be hard to fake. And unfortunately, there are a lot of charlatans out there, and I know really nothing about these people. Uh, so, yeah. uh, but, but if they're but frauds, then it'd be like the next question would be like, well, what are they trying to sell you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I didn't didn't exactly get the feeling that it was, I mean, that wasn't the vibe I really got. And I thought the text was, I mean, they're interesting. Yeah. I mean, Hey, hey, look it up. Raw, the law of one. Anybody that's listening, look it up and make up your own mind. Are you talking about raw? Like as in uh, the Egyptian God raw or raw like sushi? Uh, yeah. It's like all the channel transmission are RA. I am raw. Not, Mm -hmm. not like Monday night raw or like Robert Anton Wilson. Um, like, (laughs) like, like the law of one. And you're right. I think all of them, like, don't they like start? It's all like, I am raw. He like says that, and then he like gives his whatever transmission, and then he says, "I am raw again." Okay, now I'm gonna look at these because there's like a 106 separate channel transmissions. Uh, just to give you an example, with this raw, I am raw. Greet you in the love and light of the one infinite creator. We communicate now. Questioner, could you first please me again? Please give me an indication of the condition of the instrument. I am raw. It is previ- as previously stated. What is the ind- instrument under attack prior to this mission? I am raw. This is correct. You know what I mean? Oh, like, shit. Yeah, so, Sounds like you're yeah, having an interview I, with a speaking spell. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. In a way, I am raw. So, yeah, again, I, I don't know what to think about that. I'd have to really uh, – but, you know, I mean, some of what he says, it's, you know, who knows if it's just somebody that mined a bunch of, uh, you know, uh, spiritual concepts that happen to be accurate and fraudulently made a text about yeah. it that uh, helps to expand people's consciousness. Because, I mean, like I said, I've actually read some of the teaching because, like, I, I, people brought stuff to me before, so I spent some time reading it. So, you know, again, some people, like, message me, hey, what do you think about this shit? And so uh, I read a bunch of it and was like, uh, I don't know. You <laughs> <laughs> know what I like? I so, yeah. like that answer. Not enough people say that uh, enough nowadays. Everybody yeah. seems like if they don't know, they try to act like they do know and then spout some bullshit. It's okay. It's perfectly reasonable and okay to be like, yeah, man, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You and know, it's I'm a lot better like than that. like trying to fake it and giving some bullshit answer. Yeah, you know, and, and, and like, yeah, I differ from a lot of people like that. I usually go out of my way to point out when I really don't want the fuck I'm talking about, which is most of the time. Uh, and I'm also one of those people, too, and I'm a writer, too, and a lot of people, if they say a word that you don't know, like, most people will just kind of, like, pretend. That, and, like, I'm always the first one to be like, hey, what? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> explain oh, yeah. that shit to me. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, I do not know what you just said. You're going to have to explain that to me. Uh, but, uh, so, yeah, no, it is fun. It, it's fucked up. Um yeah, yeah, no, I think they're in our culture, uh, people are, are definitely um, uh, uh, socially motivated to, like, pretend like they know what the fuck is going on. And, and you know— Well, that might, be, that might tie into what we're going to talk about this week. Well, I guess I was going to—you know, tie into what we're going to talk about, which was kind of like social psychology experience. I did want to talk about one thing that I didn't get to last week, which is weird precognitive experience. And then I think I could talk, tie that in. Uh, you know what? Fuck you! You had another story that you that you told me when we were hanging out about you doing DMT with your new girlfriend, and then you having kind of a weird experience with 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 then you were like dry heaving, and then you kind of relived her experience. Through I DMT. sort of. So I uh, it, that was I gave my new girlfriend uh, DMT for the, her first time. Uh, mm. You know, maybe a couple weeks or a week or so before I saw you. And then when I was in town, um, I had an experience. I had experience. Oh, so when she did it, she had a very like powerful and like you know, it was uh, not easy to go through for her to say the least. So she kind of woke up out of it like two minutes in, and you know, wide eyed, looked me straight in the eye, and be like, 
when's it over? I want to go back. Take me back. Like screaming and like and dry heaving and nothing. Nothing came out really except for just you know slobber. Um, and uh, but it was very hard for her. And um, and you know later she said that you know when she looked in my eyes and looked at me, she saw you know a bunch of weird shit happening, which you mm-hmm. tends to happen when you're on DMT, and just about how. <laughs> You know, she was afraid they would never go back to the way things were, and blah blah that's blah. Like, that's like the classic psychedelic. Yeah, and any, uh, any and that was hard because it was hard for me to go through at that time because you know I I I haven't given DMT to very many people, and the yeah. and times I have given it to them, they just you know go to sleep like most people for a second, go to sleep for ten fifteen minutes, and this is a. Uh, you know, she was having a hard time and was fully yeah. awake and cognizant. Well, I don't know how cognizant was she was, but going through a hard never, time for you know. It's like I, I've never heard of anybody like waking up and screaming in the middle of a DMT trip. Like that sounds like completely uh, fucked up. Oh, you know, I've heard of it before. I knew what it was like. I've heard of it happening before, especially with people who. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply have like you know some kind of like dark energy or some something yeah. that they're maybe they're harboring that is they have to deal with um and even when and to be to, so full disclosure when she was done or actually when she was going through it she's like i'm never doing this again i'm never doing this again and i was like hey you don't have to do this again no one's gonna force you and as soon as she was like back you know she wasn't back yeah, completely back for five minutes before she's like well i might do it again like in a year you know what i mean so yeah. The, the bottom line is, she was happy she went through it, but it was it was hard for her to go through. And so, yeah. I, when I does fast forward, does she have a lot of experience with psychedelics? Otherwise, or was it, she says she, she she says she does. I don't know like how many doses she says she really likes mushrooms, but from what I gather, she's never taken like you know a heroic dose or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but she likes psychedelics. <laughs> she likes mushrooms a lot. Um, and she she thought that she was completely open to the experience before she, you know, before in her words, you know, saw what death was like. And it can be very scary, and I and I I know this, and so yeah. um, and I'm I've had you know I don't even know how many experiences with DMT now, and so when I was back home, I uh, I had a very very powerful one where I went and I felt like I lived her experience, and so I actually dry yeah. heaved, and I've never dry heaved ever. I dry heaved. This is what I found interesting. So it's yeah. like 
So it's like the DMT was communicating with you. Like, or something. Like, yeah, I felt like it was showing me like what she went through. And then uh, and even with all my experience, it was very hard for me to keep calm. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and I was also fully like aware the whole time. Like I could open my eyes and I could look around and I could see that things were still fucked up. And um, and it got to yeah. the point where, you know, I, I did get a little afraid. I was like, am I this ever going to go back to normal? Because it was the longest DMT trip of my life. Like I normally mm-hmm. you're done in like 15, 20 minutes max. I was yeah. gone. I, I mean, I was out there and like very fucked up for like 40, 45. Um, and so I, I was getting to that point like, oh, fuck, man. What have I done? <laughs> and uh, and yeah, I felt like during that trip. Well, well, I mean, yeah, I saw that, a lot of that, things, but I felt like during that trip, I definitely relived hers or relived the emotion of her trip and and kind of saw what she went through and understood fully what she meant when she said like, "Hey, I want to go back. When is it over?" Blah blah blah. Yeah. Well, again, no, that, that, I get that. That's actually really fascinating because yeah, and this is what I always talk about—the kind of subjective and metaphorical nature of other world to communicate. Because you're right, it, it was sort of like communicating to you. One, you you had the weird dry heave. You sort of like woke up in the middle of it, and two, it's sort of communicating to you. It's just like now we're going to stretch your limits to make you feel like how she felt. Like now, exactly. Like now you are going to, now here's what it feels like to feel like you're never coming back. You know? Yeah. Like, and like, you know, it sucks. Cause I, I kept tripping out about it. I'm like, I first I started tripping out like, Oh, what would happen? Like, Oh fuck. My, my parents, like my friend would have to call my parents and let them know I'm fucking psycho now or whatever. And my parents probably blame him for ruining my brain. And then I, and then I thought I was so aware of that. I'm like, fuck man, you should be so lucky. To have this portal opened up and live the rest of your days in Nirvana, you fuck. Um, and then, of course, like, and I'm like, you're, come on, dude, you're not that lucky. Just calm down. It's gonna be fine. Yeah. Uh, so I had to really like talk myself down uh, in my own head as I'm fucking out there in in the ether, you know, which is not yeah. easy to do. Yeah, I was gonna say that. That sounds like a really, really weird disassociative experience. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it seems like you had a, a strange amount of lucidity in the midst of a DMT trip, which I think uh, seems uh, sort of rare in a way. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, very fascinating. So yeah, and I, I, again, this is the reason I brought that up is because it's what I always say. It's like, it's this metaphorical communication. It really does seem like these entities were like, "Hey, let's show you what your girlfriend sort of just experienced here." You know, it's like, uh, yeah, very interesting. Yeah, yeah it, it was a uh, it was a hard one to go through. Yeah, and I, you know, I'm sure it was hard for her too, and <laughs> it was hard for me. And uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. okay, I, I think right before I went. Uh, my buddy, he was telling me his theories. Like, yeah, man, I kind of, I kind of just don't go anymore until I feel like they're calling me. Like, you know, I, I start to smell it. I start to think about it all the time. I'm like, oh yeah, you're right. I might be kind of good. I might take a break after this. And I felt like even during that trip, like maybe um, yeah. whoever they are, they thought or they knew that same thing. Like I wasn't going to be doing it for a while after this. And it was kind of like a. I felt like I had like an entity, like a fleeting moment when an entity was like, here you go. Uh, it's going to be a good one. We're going to send you on your way in style and uh, have fun with this. And then it was just like the oh. hammer thrown at me. I was like, fuck. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I'm good on this for a bit. Yeah, you know, you know I've actually always said that um, with me. Is that you're right. It's like, as I say, you know, and that's the funny fu- fucked up thing. is like I honestly haven't, like, looked for psychedelics in years. It does just seem like... When I'm ready to do psychedelics again, they sort of find me, you know, mm-hmm. it, it, it's the way that, and, and yeah, there is a relationship with them. And that was, uh, you know, trying to explain that because uh, 
Like I was just saying, I'm hanging out with this uh, guy who's doing these uh, phonomantic psychedelic uh, rites, you know, and he obviously he like wanted me to come to one of these. I'm like, yeah, you know what? I, I just can't like do mushrooms right now. <laughs> like, you know? Yeah. You know, was, and this is, I mean, this is, I developed a, a relationship years ago and it, it's kind of like, you know, I mean, I was doing a lot of psychedelics and then, and that's what's interesting is like, he's a practitioner. He's doing this stuff all the time. And it's just, people do have different relationships with this, with this shit, you know, like uh, just in my, in my youth, like I sort of had this, um, you know, you know, just a really bad trip. Uh, and, and it was just, I mean, but it wasn't, it wasn't like there was a message behind it where the message was like, we've shown you like what we can dude. you know, like we're the mushroom entities. Like we've shown you <laughs> what we can show you, you know, it was like, you need to go out and like, actually now you need to like impress us, you know, like we're bored with you. Like, yeah. there was, like this message is like, they kept showing me kind of like the same visions over again. And, and like, I got it. They were telling me something and what they were telling me was like, you know, uh, we've you've seen it. You know? Yeah, it's like don't you do to this. Try ass. to be. Try to do this. Don't be that. Try to be this. And you're like, yeah, well, exactly. I'm still gonna do what I want to do. And you're like, well, we're gonna still keep showing the same shit. Well, and what they were pointing, kind of pointing out to me exactly was sort of like, yeah, you know, you learn what you can here. You know, we love you, but like, you need to actually go out and like do shit with your life. <laughs> like, you know. Yeah. And I think in a way, what they were kind of pointing out to me is like, you're doing this to escape. You know, you're not really doing this to learn anything at this point. <laughs> you know, it was sort yeah. of like. I was sort of told in, in meditative states that this, what I'm talking about, is a good idea. And, and the way they referred to it was like a rewards-based system, which is now how I do psychedelics. Is that I, do, yeah, and that's the thing is I, I want to have a relationship with these. I never want to like be one of those people who gets to the point where like I'm never going to do psychedelics again. It's like, yeah. No, no. Like no, I'm never, I'm going to do psychedelics. You don't want to be a pussy. Die. Yeah, so the day I die, I'm always going to do my psych. I'm always going to have psychedelic trips. Like, remember, I don't want to have to be like give up that experience. Just like I'm glad that I didn't have to officially give up drinking. You know, I could still have some, have a few drinks. Um, but like psychedelics, way more important, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, and and so yeah, I mean, so basically now it's like when and whenever I I finish a new record, um, you know, and then I kind of do like a a ritual offering of the music that I've made, and that's just kind of so it's like a reward for me actually like accomplishing or finishing something, uh, and. The, I made this film too. The, the the last time I did it was after we finished this film a couple of years ago, in like 2015. And so I'm working on an album. When that's done, I'll probably do a ritual with it, and then you know maybe it'll get inspire me to get off my ass, and maybe I'll want to do it again quicker, and so I'll like be quicker about making another record. You know, so it's just this process of like actually like uh, this is a reward for doing something important. And you know, obviously for me, it'd be making an album for any other person. Fuck, it could be whatever. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah you know any kind of accomplishment but like i don't know yeah it's like uh you know you you started you took up a yoga practice or, or you made some kind of fucking step in your life to pursue your spirituality so anyways you know i, I don't know it's just a, a system i've come up with which i you know it's that it works for me no so i really think not, that's good i, I mean there's lots of times too. where dmt showed me the same thing over and over again and i i even asked mm-hmm. myself like why do i keep doing this what's the fucking point and maybe the point was i had to like you know make some steps in uh my life to you know, just yeah. be better um, at life <laughs> to, yeah, yeah, to yeah. simplify it. Well, I just think to a, to a certain point with a lot of people, you're starting to do psychedelics. And, and, and this is, I think, true with me and what they were trying to show me. is like, dude, you're just doing this to try and escape your life. You know, you need you can't yeah. you can't escape your life. You know, you need to focus on trying to make your life better. And it was weird too because then when I did them a year again, a couple of years, ago, I haven't had a, a remotely bad trip on mushrooms like since that trip. Like every, I don't do it very often, but they've they've all been pretty good trips. And, and it hasn't always been like, you know, I'm rewarding myself for some kind of accomplishment. I went to like a 
you know, I've, I've done some things. I went to music festival. I took kind of recreational mushrooms with my brother a couple of years ago, and we just like fucking went on a long hike and shit. So, um, but you know, yeah, every time I've done like a, um, a higher dose, it has been kind of more ritualistic, and and normally as a as kind of a way to to test out my music to make sure it works, you know, because that is you know <laughs> what, I'm to, what I'm trying to do with my music is yeah. make this thing that summons uh, extra dimensional entities uh, in in the height of a of a psychedelic trip. Yeah, um, well, that'd anyway, be interesting. I might uh. I might have to download your stuff and put them in my headphones and uh, yeah, yeah, and see what happens. If you do on DMT, yeah, I'd like to hear that. I don't know, to my knowledge, uh, I've heard that people definitely say that you know they've done it on mushrooms and it it has worked. One guy even said he had some weird experience where uh, like this these entities started creeping into his room and he started like freaking out. So, uh, yeah, I'd be interested in trying that, especially like on mushrooms or acid or something, and see what happens. Yeah. Like for uh, for DMT, the only music I've ever listened to is uh, these ayahuasca songs from the Peru Peru. Peruvian rainforest, and I feel like, um, like at first when I started listening to them, I used them as kind of a comfort blanket. Like the like, they set me at ease, and like, like mm-hmm. I, I thought it was nice to like ramp into it with that stuff in my head. And I would turn, but I would turn it down really low a lot of times, so I could still feel or hear the hum of the ether, whatever the fuck that sound is that like a lot of people hear when you're out there on DMT, which is it's just a, it's just a nice soothing sound. And a lot of times now what I'll do, I'll, I'll listen to it before I before I smoke, like for about a half hour or so. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm smoking, and then as when I'm done taking the hits, I'll uh, I'll take I'll take the headphones out and I'll just have no music. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't. I, you see, I don't know enough about DMT to know. Is it really something you want to be listening to music while you're on, or does that like? I you know a lot of times to- I feel. I feel like uh, there are some times I've had people tell me that they've listened to or tried to listen to other sorts of music, and then when they're out there, it doesn't like they they don't recognize it. It's, it doesn't it doesn't even register in their brain. Like um, they come back and like, oh yeah, fuck, I forgot to put that song on. Uh, yeah, I didn't yeah. hear it at all. Um, the reason I use those ayahuasca songs because those are the songs that are used, you know, for yeah, you know, yeah, DMT yeah. trips yeah. pretty much, or you know, to ward off evil spirits and blah blah blah, whatever the hope. Uh, hocus pocus is about that stuff, but um, I found that I found them comforting, and uh, and I still yeah. use them to this day. But like I said, I feel like once I get out there, um, I could take the tra- the training wheel- training wheels off or cast away my comfort blanket, and I could you know feel free to r- to run around and you know just accept whatever they're gonna give me or show me. And yeah, you know yeah, sometimes yeah. it's hard, and uh, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I feel, no. but sometimes I feel like even when it's hard. I'm I'm kind of glad I don't have that music in my head. Sometimes that music is is kind of like, ugh, I'm fucking yeah. okay. Um, I, I can imagine that because I mean that's the thing is like even though it might take me like five minutes to change music if I'm uh, tripping, you know, uh, uh, you know, I, I think we were talking about that too, which is so hilarious. But like a, a commonality of like, uh, no, I was, yeah, sorry, I was talking about this. Uh, uh, so a commonality of my mushroom trip is like, yeah, actually, like trying to do things like do basic things like change a song or something that'll take me like five minutes because my brain's just so associated. Oh fuck! Yeah, have you yeah. ever like come down from mushrooms or whatever and you're still a little bit loopy and you try to get dressed? Oh, that's fucking like a half oh. hour thing. Yeah, because no, you no, have no, just no. so many thoughts going through your head, you can't yeah. focus on a thing. No, it's like you just get so fucking dizzy. I drove. You're, yeah, you're overwhelmed. Once. You're overwhelmed with I, ideas I, and I, thoughts. It's yeah, ridiculous. I drove. I drove on LSD once, and I was like, I will never do that again. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking jackass. Yeah, no, God, I, I knew people. I, I've known people that have fucking like loved driving on LSD. Like, well, that's yeah. that's what's so funny. Well, fucking, they're idiots. But what's so funny is that my ex really gave me a lot of shit about uh, like drug use, especially DMT. Yeah. That uh, she said like um, she convinced. I don't know if I ever talked about this on the podcast, but she convinced my parents that I was a suicidal drug addict. 
um, like like a basically like you know I was on I had a death wish or whatever and she um, there's this uh, website called recovery.org and it talks about all sorts of drugs but they have a page for every drug and uh, on the page for DMT the risks of DMT include something like um, like lo- something loss of consciousness and death um, but it but it's, but it's prefaced with um, the uh, continual use of DMT can lead the user to uh, to place themselves into dangerous situations, and then that can lead to X, Y, Z, all unconsciousness and death. As, you know, let's say I smoke DMT and try to drive a car. Yeah, you probably die, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. as well, far as shit. I've known or heard or anything else, actual DMT by itself, if you do it in the right setting and there's nothing for you to worry about and— and you just lay down in your backyard. You're going to be fine. Like I said, but I've yeah, I've weirdly enough known people that can drive on there. I couldn't do it at all for the exact reason. It's like my, my brain was so spaced out. It was one time my brother came over. God, I was living in Bremerton briefly at my mom's place briefly when I first moved out here. And he came over and we took acid. And so I wasn't like fully peaking, but I had to drive him to the ferry so he could get back to Seattle like when we were kind of coming down off our trip. And yeah, I was just like, no, I'm never doing that ever again. It was a really short drive, right? You know, it wasn't like in a like in Bremerton, so it's not like busy, but like I was like never like that. I was so like yeah. There's out, like, nothing yeah. worse than yeah. underestimating uh, a psychedelic trip. Like you want to yeah. be prepared. It's almost like just like going out in nature. And sometimes yeah. going yeah. out in nature on psychedelics, you like oh man, you get you bit off too much you can chew. Um, yeah. But yeah, going out in na- like. Nature is unforgiving if you get yourself in the wrong situation. Same with psychedelics. Like, dude, you're buckle in, buckaroo, because you're in for a fucking ride, man. I hope you're comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, God, I was like I said, I was talking about this guy who does these phonomantic rights now uh, uh, last week, and you know, same thing. It's just like, yeah, this shit ain't easy, man. I know, and it's like, man, taking psychedelics like all the time like that. I mean, you're getting yourself in a lot of like. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it. You know, that's the thing is like, and I know there's a lot of practitioners that do. You know, this is this is the edge of shamanism where, yeah, I mean, I just kind of, uh, well, again, I guess the difference is that you're making like mushrooms your primary focus, and me, it's always weed. And you know, that's the thing. It's like I, yeah, I like you know, let's talk about. Oh, I don't do, I only do psychedelics. I, I had last time I did them was like 2015. I'll probably maybe do them later this year when I finish the structure, uh, but like. Um, yeah, I mean, I do. We- I mean, I smoke weed every day, and I do weird psychedelic rituals with weed like, <laughs> on a daily basis. So that is the funny thing about me. I don't do psychedelics very often. And you don't wear brightly colored uh, shirts at all. With- yeah, so basically, it's just you know my my primary sacrament in my kind of shamanic process uh, practice is just more marijuana. And yeah. I mean, the higher the higher one is definitely mushrooms, and I've been working for with that for years, and and definitely. But it is. I mean, like with the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. It's like, uh, <laughs> I, I do get high like all the fucking time and I do do weird weed meditation shit. So that's really more the basis of my practice. And I think partially the reason because of that is because if I do mushrooms, like, like this guy's doing like fucking four times a month or like, you know, every other week, this guy's kind of doing like rituals and like, I would lose my goddamn mind. Yeah. Like, I guess, what, I guess, did he tell you yeah. like how many grams he's taken? He's, he's taking pretty high doses, and he's giving he's giving like the people that he's doing these rites with like lower doses, and he's kind of leading them through. He's putting like playlists together and leading them through this. So, yeah, I mean he's 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 got this entire journey essentially play, planned out through music. Uh, hmm. You know that he's yeah. So it's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and man, I, the guy has some fucking crazy stories. But yeah, so yeah, you know. Uh, uh, psychedelic ritualism. So, anyways, uh, that was one other thing I was going to talk about last week is weird precog experiences um, that I've had. Because weirdly enough, I haven't had. I mean, it's it's bizarre. Uh, I think there, for several years, I think I've mentioned this, where I was going through this really intense kind of hallucinatory period that I've sort of graduated from. And during that period, I honestly could probably fill an hour like every week of just fucking, hey, what weird experiences did you have that just that week? Like, <laughs> we'd be able to go and just talk for an hour. I think we've had maybe a couple episodes of the show where something really weird has happened, and, I, you know, it's enough to maybe film, like, most of an hour or whatever. <laughs> uh, not, but it really, that's gone downhill, and I've, I mean, like I, I did, and, and yeah, particularly lately, I've been thinking about it. It's like, God, I really haven't had very many uh, weird side experiences, but I have had these bizarre precognitive experiences. Now, this is something that I have some documentation for some that only, you know, I've kind of for more dreamy ones, and, and this is the best way I can explain it. I'll be um, meditating, and a lot of it, I kind of do, like, transcendental meditation sometimes before I wake up. Uh, a couple of these have happened on the weekends where I am kind of doing kind of more, like, inner visualization rituals and smoking weed. Uh-huh. Uh, and um, and so, so actually, over Christmas, I had a couple of these episodes. So what happens is I'll be in a... Um, you know, meditative state, and all of a sudden something really fucking random will come into my head, like just random, like yeah. what? And so for years, and I've I've talked about this in my books. Like I, for a while, it wasn't until I started really documenting this stuff. So I said, okay, something strange is going on with my psychology. I'm having these like, kind of weird psych- psychological, weird fucking visionary experiences constantly. Like I said, I put this in a state where my life was like this, like all the time, uh, for a while, and. um and so when, the more I started meticulously kind of documenting these experiences, I realized that a lot of times when I had these visions that I thought were completely random in these states of consciousness, they weren't random. It was weird precognitive stuff. The reason it seemed random is because life is random. Your day is random. And you don't know exactly what's going to happen. And so it wasn't just like random shit popping into my head. It was actually um, – something that was going to happen later that day, you know? And, and so this has actually happened to me several times in the last uh, week or last month or so. And that's like the only thing I can really say that's been particularly weird that's happened in the last month uh, from a psychic standpoint. But uh, yeah, some of these are pretty weird. Like, so to, to give an example of what I'm talking about, this actually happened like three days in a row over Christmas break. And, and, and to point out, there's a reason like something like that might happen because I, I do when I have, uh, you know, when I'm not 
have days off work, I'm, I'm usually meditating more and, you know, I'm sleeping more and stuff like that. And so I am putting a little bit more effort into just doing like, you know, basic kind of spiritual stuff that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be doing when I'm, when I'm, when I'm during my regular work week. So, so the first day, uh, was like, I believe Christmas Eve and I had this vision when I was meditating of a cartoon magic Johnson, who was like super ripped and it was Magic Johnson looking at this cartoon version of himself and being like, wow, I was, like, really ripped back then. And then later in this meditation section, session, I had this vision where I um, – uh, it was something to do with the Safeway gas station, right? Safeway mm-hmm. gas station. Totally random. So, again, I come out of this experience thinking, wow, that's completely fucking random. And then later, right before we leave to go to my wife's dad's place for Thanksgiving – or, I'm sorry, for Christmas Eve, um, I've, I flipped in the channels and I'm watching a uh, documentary about bird magic back in the day. So old school Magic Johnson, just like in the vision that I was watching. I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. that's trippy. Then we get out to leave to go to the place. And my wife's like, oh, shit, I need gas. Uh, I'm going to go stop at that Safeway gas station again. Like with the exact things that I had in the vision. The very next day, I have this thing about something being wrapped around my neck while I'm meditating the next morning. And I'm like, oh, this it, is it, a, uh, did we talk about yeah, this before? You saw, yeah, you saw Facebook post about this probably. I think you commented on the Facebook No, post. I, I feel like. Oh, maybe, but I felt like you told me this. This is a scarf thing, right? No, this isn't disgusting at all, actually. No. Oh, I thought... So I, so, I a, so I had a vision while I'm meditating about this thing being wrapped around my neck. And, I'm, and, and what's weird is I, I keep having this thing that I think maybe I've talked about where it's like sometimes I, I feel like I'm being challenged and it just forces me to focus on the inner, you know, really inner focus and trying to control uh, my kind of mind's eyes. And what's uh-huh. weird is it's become so much more about music lately where I'm really trying to become a sound, you know. I'm trying to turn myself into living sound and kind of manipulate it. And sometimes it feels like I'm kind of being challenged to do this by like threatening entities and that's my take on it it's like a kind of like a personal trainer like you know get up fatty you know work out you know do your yeah that you're to be doing. so anyways so i kind of thought that when i heard this thing about something being wrapped around my neck because that's just a weird thing they like come in your meditative state yeah like, what do you mean wrapped around your neck? okay anyway so i feel threatened it isn't until like the next morning that i realized oh shit my sister gave me a scarf at fucking christmas and i immediately put it on and wore it for like two hours yeah so i said yeah. scarf yeah, exactly. It was a Christmas scarf. So, again, it's just pre-cogs. Seems like random weird shit. Just pre-cogs. The very next day, uh, same deal. I'm meditating, and then I come into work, and I hear something about the age uh, – gosh, shit. I'd have to look at what I wrote down. I think it was, like, the age 38. And then I'm like, again, you're meditating, and the number, like, 38 just randomly pops in your head out of nowhere. And so then that day, I'm like, okay, let me guess. Probably, probably subtle pre-cogs. And so I go into work, and yeah, some article comes up about how 38 is the age where you should probably stop clubbing, <laughs> you know, or going oh, out. Oh, yeah, dude, I swear. Oh, well, here's here's some precog. Unless we've talked about this before, I'm tripping out right now because I'm 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 positive we have talked about all these things on this podcast before, or at the at the when we're having beers at that bar. Maybe we did. Yeah, I, I you know that's what I'm like. Did I already? Because this was back at Christmas. Like, did I already talk about it? I think you did, man. I think we're in the middle of a rerun right now. It's freaking me out. Well, well. Anyways, well, that'll, that'll completely. I'll, that's a, just another way to fuck with your head. If I've already told you. The weirdest one of these just happened to me like uh, last weekend, and yeah, this was this was uh, fucking super trippy. So I'm meditating. And I have this fucking uh, – and the last vision that I have before I get up is that I'm setting my watch. And I'm setting my watch back for some reason. And it's just like 
you need your watch is supposed to be back slightly. And so that's my dream. I'm resetting my watch backwards. Later, I get up, eat breakfast, and I'm taking out the garbage. I go down to get out of my shoes, I set, and I set the garbage on the ground. I somehow accidentally turn my watch into set mode. And then as I'm trying to figure out, because I haven't set my watch in a while, how to switch it back, I accidentally set it back like 30 seconds and then change the setting. So I, so I had this vision about resetting my watch back, and it needs to go back. And then I accidentally reset my watch back while I'm taking out the garbage. Like and this happened like a half hour after I had the vision, which is super trippy. And huh. then, I had this one, then I had this one other experience where uh, same deal. I um I uh so I again meditating. I had this vision about hair falling out. It's like what hair falling out mm-hmm. again? Complete random. What's the theme about all these visions? Seem completely random. And yet this time I'm like. This is like maybe when the only time that I'm like, okay, I'm looking out, like, I, okay, hair falling out. I'm looking out for it. Like, something is going to happen. Because I realized it's like, that's so random. And then, of course, the whole day goes by, nothing. And then I come home, and my wife is, like, watching a rerun of Modern Family when I'm eating my dinner. And sure enough, seeing where this guy, there's something involving toxic wood, and this guy's hair starts falling out, and he pulls his hair out. So, uh, anyways, oh, a really long story that might be repeat for some of them, but the only thing that's really been happening uh, – uh, that's been weird in my psychic life for the last month or so has been that sort of. But then, was I, the question I would ask is like, well, then fucking why? Well, why'd you show me that? Who gives a shit? Uh, I would just say, like I said, just to continually show this message. Well, and we could tie this into the social psychology experience that I was talking about. Show this message is as much as you think that this is crazy, and you and I still, I guess, do to a certain extent. This idea that humans have precognitive abilities—it's just uh, some kind of entity continually demonstrating to me like yes you have precognitive abilities and i would say also from a training standpoint, sweet why don't you make it something important so i can fucking you know win the lotto or some shit well i mean you get into weird shit like that too people always ask those sort of quite well this is what i'm saying i think they are leading up to that kind of thing uh like basically sort of saying like look dude you have this sixth sense and we're just sort of kind of subtly teaching you how to read this sixth sense because you're right at some point maybe it will be something like that maybe it will be something like hey this completely fucking weird random thing is going to be written and the way that I react to this random thing because I saw it coming because I recognized that it was something that was most likely to be a precognitive sign maybe I'll react to that in some way that will be enormously beneficial to me but to answer your other question what I find it interesting is that um uh, no, I just to answer your other question about like, well, why don't they show you to win the lottery? That's have you ever watched the uh, shows where the people that win the lottery like completely self-destruct? This is what I always. Oh happens. yeah, this that happens what, all the time. This is what I always. Oh, because always no, normally talk. people who win the lottery are dumb enough to play the lottery, so they're dumb. Well, yeah, that's fucking true too. <laughs> that's fucking true too. But it, it is hilarious. Yeah, I mean, yeah, watch. I encourage anybody to watch. There's shows you can fucking pull up called like a lottery curse and shit. Basically, the, and this is again a fascinating aspect of human psychology because essentially, you know, I've run into this myself when I've gone through periods of uh, not working, right? Uh, for whatever reason, it's because you think that this is like your fucking dream, and yet when you're completely programmed your entire life to be one way, you can't just like shut off the programming and be like, oh, now all I do is like live a life of leisure, even though I spent all my fucking time and all my muscle memory tells me that I should be getting up and going to fucking work every day or going to school or whatever uh-huh. like you know your brain just sort of self-destructs that seems like it's what you want is to like rebel against this order and yet that chaos fucking destroys you and so so many people that end up winning the lottery end up being like complete fucking drug addicts <laughs> yeah i advise anyone to watch these stories because that's one of the commonalities it's like <laughs> i, I advise under- anybody to watch these stories and feel good about yourself <laughs> 
like, I, I say watch this because it's a fascinating aspect of human psychology. It's yeah. like, people think that they want to just, like, rebel and just fucking, you know, do nothing and, you know, fuck work, which obviously this is what, you know, I, I know that if I, I want to get to the point where I can just, like, write and do things that I enjoy for a living or, you know, or, or record podcasts or do whatever, you know, I want to get to that point. But if you don't have a goal like that and you just, like, quit your job and your entire job is, like, you know, your, your entire existence is just hating your job. Like, so many people get to this point, and then they have nothing to do. And, again, it's like the tendency to just turn into, like, a complete fucking drug addict from that point because you just end up filling that that lack of structure with alcohol and drugs. Yeah. Uh, it, it's so common. It's so common. And, and, you know what, weirdly enough, I've thought about this a million times, but I can definitely say that's been part of um, – uh, what's happened with me with the Me Too movement, in a way, is because, you know, I think it – it makes everybody, and I can honestly say my psychic life was kind of trying to, you know, sort of show me this for years. So my taking the me too is, I, I hope like it made everybody sort of evaluate, you, you know, every man at least evaluate your sexual behavior and have you, you know, been shitty to people. And you know, the truth of the matter is that I have on a certain occasion, you know, and it's like, you know, and it's good. I, I've never really done anything terrible, you know, like I have been, and I'm glad that I don't really have any like huge regrets. But you know, I've I've definitely done some things that were. Uh, a little on the shittier side, and, and with the what, what are you that, talking about? Like, 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 what? No, I maybe I misheard you. Like, shittier things, like what you say, sexually or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah sexually, yeah, sexually. Uh. And, 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 and I'm not talking about yeah, and no, God, no, nothing like n- nothing rapey or anything like that. But I've done some things that were like, yeah, that was probably pretty shitty. Like, not and, call uh, a girl back, that kind of shit. Well, not really that. And yeah, when I well, I mean, again, I I, I hope this is what the Me Too movement. Like, I hope this stuff does make all guys think about their sexual behavior and how they've treated women. And, you know, that's the weird thing is, like, when I've done that and really turned inwardly, what I realized is that when I did these things, I was really doing them to get back at women for shitty things that they've done to me. You know, that's just my Yeah, I was talking about this last night with my girlfriend because, actually, it's so funny. Last night, my girlfriend came in here, and we recorded a podcast, kind of like a relationship podcast, and we started talking about that um, pretty much. And, um, like, Me Too movement and, you know, all this other stuff. And, uh, pretty much ended with the idea of, you know, it's basically this how you should live your life. Just be empathetic and don't be a dick. Is yeah, yeah, basically exactly. like because you know there's so many just skeezy dudes out there. I mean, uh, yeah, way oh. worse. I'm sure anything you ever done, obviously. Yeah. And but oh, on like no, a regular no, no, basis. Yeah, yeah. And we started talking about you know guys who like you know force like a hug on girls and anything else. Like fucking just don't be a creep. Like would you want some guy doing that to you? No. So fuck off. Just be yeah, empathetic yeah. and not be a dick. Yeah, no, I agree. I, and, and yeah, and I think all of us should think about it. You know, and that's, I was a bit of a YouTube move too. It's like, I think, yeah, I mean, if women, you should think about when you're assholes too, but that's not what really what this is about. It's not abuse. Have I ever been abusive to women? No. Have I done a few things, shitty things that I'm not proud of? Yes, but weirdly enough, when I look at those things, I have to admit to myself that there were retaliation for the shitty thing. Like, I've only done this to, like, a couple women that I'm dating, and in both, in, both, in both cases, it was like, that was really, yeah, I mean, that was a little fucked up, but it was honestly retaliating for this thing that this other person did. And That's not an excuse, Thad. It's not, a, it's not an excuse at all. My whole point where I was going with this is, like, I get to look back at my sexual history and be like, yeah, you know, not that bad. Okay, cool. Like, all this, like I did a couple shitty things. It's really not that bad. Like, I don't feel a lot of shame of it. What if, like, when I first started casting sigils, it's like the, like, you know, my music career, like, really took off. Like, what would have happened if I became in a position of power? Because that's it, man. It's like, I, I, I'm okay with women. Oh, but like, okay. I, 
I'm okay with women, but I have never been in a position where it's like women are just like, I'm like fighting them fucking off, you know? Like, I've always been okay, but like, I've never been in that position where like there are so many women that want you that like you can't even keep track of them. Like, they're just, it's just being thrown at you at all times. Yeah. And this is essentially what happens to a lot of people that get in that position. And I can absolutely say when I look at my psychology, if I look back, like, Mm, there would be some shittiness there. Like, if I, at a younger age, especially when I was partying a lot, was put in a position where lots of different women were throwing themselves at me, yeah. I, think the, I think the potentiality for me was having some very Self-destructive behavior, for sure. Yes, yes. I think, like, that would have been bad. So that is sort of the other thing that you're looking at when you're getting into... And what's so funny about this is, like, I've been sort of shown this in my psychic life for years. It's like, you need to get this aspect of yourself, like, under control to an extent. And now all this stuff's coming out. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, you don't want to have those skeletons in your closet, do you? And you're right. I, I, I think if I would have achieved a certain level of success at a younger age, I would unfortunately have those skeletons in my Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Closet, and I'm really glad that I don't, um, uh, especially because, as it turns out, those kind of things can, like, completely fucking ruin your career, your career if you have them at this point. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Which, weirdly enough, I had been sort of seeing in my psychic life for years, and oh, by the way, ever since I've been writing for Disinfo and, like, my writing got picked up, and even before that, when I was writing for some smaller local Seattle psychedelic websites, I had been writing about how the sacred feminine is going to come back and devour the sacred masculine for years. I mean, just that it's always been an aspect of my writing. This has always been something that I've been writing about. So when I say I sort of saw this coming, it. Yeah, it's I did, and, and so when you ask about like, oh, this is a big I told you so. That and his all his precog. I told you so. Big well, fucking show off over here. <laughs> you know the problem with I told you so, and I realized a long time ago is that it's not even fucking worth it. Like, when, well, when chick, well, I mean, for demonstrating precog, I think it is, because this is something that people as a whole don't believe in, and it's something that I've been forced to accept, is that, yes, people do have precognitive abilities. I have them, and I've demonstrated it, and that's, that's what people don't get. I mean, I, I say it over and over, but it's true. It's like I started posting this stuff on Facebook, and even when I'm looking back at an increasing amount of this stuff, 
Like I, I wrote a book where I documented like uh, five or six different things that were blatantly verifiable that were ended up predicting the future. And it's it's that just that number just keeps going up. Like when when I was doing this for years, like there it's like I keep thinking about this. Like oh yeah, now that that thing that I wrote about years ago actually ended up coming true, and that thing that I wrote about years ago coming true, and then in a general trend, the feminine en- energy. I mean, I've been talking about that for years. Like that's all happening. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna actually have to go back to my writing and take a, take another tally of things that have continually just kept, uh, you know, where I was kind of predicting the future. And yeah, no, I mean, and it's <laughs> it is so. You're right. It's it's not. I told you so. It's that yes, people. I people have precognitive abilities. I have it. I've demonstrated it now. Uh, I I think a lot of stuff that I've been talking about years ago will continue to be shown to be sort of at least semi-accurate in a sense. And some of it is just like precision accurate. Um, but, but that was all a weird rant that I was asking a question. It was like, why don't they show you the lottery numbers and shit? It's just like, because uh, you don't, wanna, you don't want you to self-destruct. <laughs> we were, we were, to, Oh God. And, and, and that would be the other thing. I'm talking about weird sexual behavior that I probably have in my closet. Oh man. Like the odds that I would become a total fucking drug addict. And like, man, that's a shit. Like it was already hard enough for me to like, you know, really cut down my alcohol, which I've talked about like, and really difficult emotionally, which is something that I don't think, uh, people talk about enough. Like I wasn't addicted to booze on, you know, I would, I wasn't going to withdrawals or anything, but from an emotional level, it, it wasn't easy to go from a guy who parties all the time to like, Oh yeah, I just don't really do that anymore. That wasn't, that wasn't an easy thing to do at all. Yeah, and, I'm sure it wasn't. Yeah. And I can absolutely say, it's like, yeah, if I was, like, a successful musician in, like, my late 20s or early 30s, like, I absolutely 100% would have developed a drug problem, you know? And and, and within that would probably be some creepy fucking weird sex shit. Like, it all would have gone badly. So this is sort of, this is a constant thing that, you know, people get, like, psychics get and, you know, people that are in the sky get. It's like, oh, why don't you just, you know, win the lottery or why don't you take over the world? And it's like, because... You know, like I, I was talking about karma a couple of weeks ago, is because of that kind of shit. Well, you know, yeah, like, that, there's that song is, is from that the. Is that really uh... what you want to do? Like, it's not because there's a perspective that's seeing the larger picture and being like, yeah, that might seem like a good idea, but when you fall off a cliff and when you walk over there, that's not really a good idea, is it? You know. What's that song from the yeah or uh, from the Flaming Lips, where it's like uh, you can't truly know yourself until you uh, like have all the power, or whatever else. You know what I'm talking huh. about? Hang on, I'll look it up. Um... You know, I've never really been like that huge a Flaming Lips fan. Neither I have, have I, really. Have... Um, I, 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 I thought they were great on nine hundred two one zero, though. That's what I, <laughs> what I can say about the Flaming Lips. Oh, it's the really... it's the yeah 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 song. Is what it's oh, called. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Okay. Let me look up the lyrics for the yeah 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 song from the Flaming Lips. Oh, I don't want to hold on. Flaming Lips, yeah 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 song. Flaming. This is a fad. Talk about something. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, so, Flaming, so do you remember Flaming Lips on 90210? That was, uh, they played Don't Use, uh, they don't use Jelly at the Peach Pit. Uh, oh, yeah. Was like, I just remember that was, that was like, again, showing my age. I remember back in the 90s, they were supposed to be like, that's when like selling out was a thing. I, I remember that, like, because there was supposed to be like an indie psych band. People were all like, but you guys played on fucking 90210. Sell out. Uh, so, yeah, here, here are the lyrics. You could, if you could blow up the world with a flick of a switch, would you do it? Uh, if you could make everybody poor just so you could be rich, would you do it? Blah, 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 blah. And so it basically goes, and so we cannot uh, know ourselves or what we really do uh, with all your power. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. Yeah, I think that was... Is that right? Yeah. Is that right? 
Well, basically, again, and this is what I would, when we talk about sigil magic and shit like that, I always advise, don't be super specific with what you're asking for. You know, like, I, things like, I want to be a better person so I can help the universe, or if, like, you want to be a DJ, things like, I want that to work out, or, or you know, like, vague goals. <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think you want to be like, I, I want to get this particular job and I'm putting everything on that and you absolutely don't want to get like, oh, I want to date this woman, you know, because that, that's kind of rapey and you, so you it's just, again, the problem is That's that like seeing, that premise to uh, Love Potion whatever? Was that yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the Love Potion it's kind of rapey and like there is an ethics to this shit, just like you wouldn't it, like curses. Kind of rapey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's more than a little rapey. It, it's shit. God, I've had a couple of people tell me some really fucked up stories about that kind of shit too. Uh, and 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 I've decided to like sit back and be like, yeah, what you did was sort of rapey. <laughs> like, and it, like putting like a love curse on somebody is sort of a shitty thing to do. And I'm not really surprised that that completely blew back blew up in your face. Yeah, uh, yeah. That's what so, you get for being you know, a dickhead. The main point is you you need to. Try and tap into the higher perspective because your dumb ass is only seeing one tiny level of reality. And there are higher parts of you. Uh, why precognitive abilities would work, as I've just been talking about that, is because there are parts of you that can see things like future scenarios and potentialities. And since you can't see this, and this has been communicated to me over and over again, that we're fucking blind, that people are blind. Uh -huh. You know, it's like in this level of reality, we can't see shit. Like, we don't know what the fuck is going on because we don't see things like potential future realities and, and multiple lifetimes and, and how your, what, how the narrative of your life has continued and continues throughout uh, the existence of the multiverse and in all kinds of different alternate dimensions. And so you really are reliant on this part of yourself uh, that can see these things to to help you guide and navigate this world because you can't see shit down here. And so, yeah, if you're uh, if you're getting into magic, you, you you need to be aware of that. You don't want to just say, "Ooh, I want to do this. I want to do this," because you don't know what you want, and you have to be aware of that. Yeah. You, I think you can. You know that you want basic things. You I feel like it's your... the same way I approach psychedelics. To wrap it back around yeah. is uh, yeah. especially DMT. I don't go in there for any specific like answers. Or any specific goals. I just like, I'm just going to be open to what happens, man. And I try to go about that with every psychedelic experience. Like, hey, I'm just going to roll, go with the flow and roll with it. Roll with the punches. And, you know, that is the one thing that I was uh, thinking when this guy's talking about these photomantic rites that he's doing is I do, and we were just talking about changing the channel. I like to have, of course, you know, when I've done rituals with my music, that's what the whole thing is fucking designed for, and it's great. And, you know, I take, you know, I'll, I, I got a new album coming out. Hey, everybody, I, I recommend, uh, you know, trying these things with, with my stuff. But I would fully say, though, that if it's really, like, rubbing you the wrong way with music, then, you know, it, it, like, part of my trip when you're tripping on, like, mushrooms or acid is just, like, fucking, if, if something about a vibe of a room of a song or whatever is rubbing you the wrong way, and like get listen to that there's like states of possession like be like okay this is the right thing to do and go do something else you know it's like you know you have this ability to kind of and this is kind of more magic thinking in a way it's like you do have your ability in a way to sort of change your environment and get the fuck out of there i you know, oh for like, sure yeah you know and, and you should and i think sometimes that's like there's a state there's a level of possession there the reason you're feeling like whatever you're doing isn't right is because it's not you're supposed to go do something else that's what you're that's what your insides are telling you is like hey get the fuck out of there do something else there's you're, you're you're trying to do this one thing and guess what if you went outside and went around right now there you'd see the fucking coolest thing you'd have the best time in the universe you know it's just kind of you know, I, I, years enough, this idea of kind of possession under psychedelics, which I've experienced before, uh, 
kind of kind of take kind of took hold. Where you really do think that like some of the some of those impulses that you have when you're under psychedelics are really uh, higher force, kind of like trying to take control of you. It, it really is like possession in a way. So learning how to tap into that is uh, is definitely uh, I mean that's definitely a shamanic uh, a shamanic pursuit, a shamanic skill that you can achieve, uh, and and highly recommended. You know, just basic intuition. I tell you. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you know, I told you, I, I've been at a, weird enough, I've been at a concert before, where like, psych, when on psychedelics, where, like, I'll be, like, having a good time, and then one band will come on, and it's like, I, I can't, right now, this is just not the right, <laughs> it's not the right fucking thing for me, I need to do something else right now, like, I can't deal with this. Why like, did I go to the Slayer thing. concert on Five Grams of Mushrooms? This fucking sucks. Oh, God, Slayer? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we have the Bill Hicks, so they go to the fucking, uh, amusement park go go ride uh roller coasters or something like oh, have you have you ever done that have you taken a psychedelics at a at a theme park before no i have not oh yeah that's a bad no and, idea. and no and definitely no amount of psychedelics that were worth a damn um anytime i do yeah i mean i got kind of into it late and uh mm-hmm. so i you know there's that saying that uh who is it um hunter s thompson had that saying where you know you don't go looking for acid acid finds you when you're ready and so yeah. uh, and Acid was like real late in life, like in my late thirties, and um, oh, gotcha. and mushrooms were earlier. But any kind of heavy dose was way later. And then by that time, I was you know wise enough to know like, well, if I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do it the right way, and not fucking you know, like I said earlier, um, not put myself in a situation where or not underestimate the power of the drug, um, which yeah, I have yeah. done sometimes, like you know, taking mushrooms by yourself on the top of a mountain. Can uh, can put you in a mental place of peril for sure. You did that. Yeah, Hi, uh, this is a year like maybe like five years ago now when I first started hiking this mountain and um, mm-hmm. and I got to the top and you know took an eighth of mushrooms or whatever and got there and you know I was started off pretty pretty decent and then slowly but surely had like those those little devils. Those little devils whisper in my ear, like, "Hey man, yeah, yeah hey, hey man, hi, uh, you know there's a mountain lion up here, right?" Um, yeah, <laughs> um, and and that's true. There's there's a fucking mountain lion on that range somewhere. I guarantee you. And uh, but you know, you start thinking about that, and you maybe you start focusing on that more than the reality of the situation, which is, dude, mountain lion's not gonna fuck with you, man. Um, but it was, that whole experience was physically and mentally exhausting, like coming yeah. down, probably coming down before I should have, like literally coming down the mountain before I should have, um, it, it's taxing. I was fucking, I was so tired and so thirsty and I was out of water and I was like, man, this, this is how fucking people die. Yeah. <laughs> Just being an idiot up here. Um, yeah, I mean, that would seem like a fun concept, but it just didn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Well, you got yeah, and you got to be ready for it. And I think, I think maybe like I've done it with acid, but I was with people, and I, I remember saying verbatim, like, "This is the time of the night where I'm glad I have people with me, or else I might start, yeah. you know, try, might start freaking out a little bit." Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I can definitely. I've been in situations like that actually. One bad trip I had was I was just I took it by myself in the middle of the day and I, was just, I just realized how lonely I was. I've only had a couple bad trips. I, I would I would I would put the going to and it's so funny because this is like the example like Bill Hicks used in one of his routines about going to like an amusement park on acid and I did that once when I was like uh, probably like twenty or something like that and uh, yeah it was okay here's what sucked it was like uh, Cedar Point which is this huge uh, amusement park in Ohio I don't know why Ohio is like theme park world like mm-hmm. there's tons of roller coasters in Ohio I don't know what it is 
nervous about that. Uh, but anyways, um, in fact, I've never even ridden a roller coaster like since I've moved back to Seattle because there's just not. Yeah, I mean, there's right. <laughs> here. But there's like it's like there's just nothing worth even really doing. Um, but um, so yeah, we went to this amusement park and it was like on a summer day, so it was like super fucking crowded. So that was my experience with the trip. It's like I rode like three rides during the day and that was fun, but most of my day was literally just spent tripping and standing in line. And that's particularly annoying because it's like in the summer day and you're just like literally like walking back and forth, looking at the same people for like hours on end. Uh, yeah, I just wonder like, like I wonder if they know. It was, yeah, it was, it was, I, if I had to rank my boringest trips that I've ever had, like going to an amusement park, that was up there. Because, yeah, I mean, spending an entire trip, like basically, and yeah, I was with a bunch of people too, and you're just like, yeah, I can't handle that. Like, when, I, when, I'm tripping, when I'm tripping on psychedelics, I, I, can't, I can't handle being around a lot of people. I could handle it. It just seemed like such a fucking waste of a trip because it was just like the idea was that riding roller coasters would be fun, and it was sort of, but like the whole standing in line for like, Two hours just to ride a roller coaster. Like when you're on acid, that was like so. Te- I mean, it's it felt like forever. You know, yeah. it's like it was probably only like an hour. You know, an hour and forty five minutes or two hours. But like that thing seemed like like five hours. Of, and yeah, and also the weird experience of looking at the same strangers over and over again. <laughs> like cause the way the lines just like keep wrapping around. Yeah. So, anyways, like not recommended. So like, basically, don't-, don't do psychedelics at a theme park. Don't do psychedelics at a theme park. I guess unless you're going at a time that's really off season and you can just go to the front of the line. <laughs> yeah. I or like, or I just was... don't. Just go in the woods. I would say don't. Go in the woods say... like an adult, you weirdo. Yeah. Again, this is, that falls into the whole realm of like tripping and, and trying to like be worldly while you're tripping and like trying to rather than just like doing a weird ritual by yourself and trying to push yourself as far as you can get out there, which is my preference these days of like doing these kind of recreational trips where you're just like trying to be present in the moment and like yeah. talk to people and hang out and like, man, I had the worst conversation with the universal trip. And that's the other thing. Too. And what's so funny about that too, is I can talk to other people that are tripping. Like if you're tripping and I'm tripping, I could totally talk to you. Like you'll understand what I'm talking about, but like nobody else would understand what I'm fucking talking about. Cause it'd be like, cause like the things I'd say, that like, I'm not even tripping and I barely understand what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty anyways, much. I think that's about it for know. us this week. I think that's it, man. All right, talk to you next week. All right, later, Thad. All right, bye. Thad McCracken at com. Make sure to go to disinfo.com and click on all his stories. I'm sure that might generate some kind of ad revenue. And you heard him. He doesn't make shit. He's got rent to pay. Fucking help a guy out. And thank you for listening. Tell your friends. Post it. Share this on your social accounts. Every click gets me a shiny nickel, and I love nickels. It's how I tip my strippers. They hate it. All right, later. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.